Welcome to Turning Insight into Inspiration podcast series. Hey guys, so today we have Adam. He's currently a software engineer. This is the first person that I've had on this podcast that um, that's full on working. So it'd be very interesting. I think we can get a lot of insight from it. So Adam, uh, tell me, um, when you were back, when you were doing your GCSEs, A-levels, and did you know you were, how, what subjects did you pick and did you know you were going to do software engineering? Uh, I didn't know I was going to do software engineering, but I obviously had an interest in computers. Like that was that was fairly evident. Um, I, I ended up picking uh, maths, physics, further maths, and chemistry, so very very STEM-based subjects. Um, how did, how did your interest in computers materialize? In what way? Uh, to be honest, I. I just um, played some games and stuff like from a very young age, like I had a Nintendo 64, um, like a PlayStation, uh, I used to play games and stuff and then that spread to um, computer games, like online multiplayer games. Um, but during the time of playing those, I also started to come across, uh, I started to come across things that were a bit more interesting about computers, like getting them to, to do like cool stuff rather than just like running word applications and things so learn about compression and things like that this this is sort of like the age of 14 or so when like when like you're starting to learn more than like your parents about computers and, and things like that you start to see what they can do and then at some point I started discovering like programming and, and stuff like that and I think the first language I learned was or started to use was visual basic um, and uh, I actually I was sort of like interested in this 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 idea of like um, getting computers to do things that they weren't really meant to do. So, like making like malware essentially, because <laughs> like that's where like if someone gives you a lock, you want to try and get past the lock, right? Yeah, yeah. Like if someone lock like gives you a door, like how do you get past the door? And that was pretty much what I was interested in. Was like, how do I um, how do I make a computer do that something that it wasn't meant to, intended to do? Like how do you hack it? It's, it's the same with everything, really. I used to take things apart as a child. Um, I'd see what was inside them, like routers and, and stuff like that, like old ones, and just like, have a look and be like, oh, cool, like, like what, does, what does that even mean? Like, you look at a circuit board and it's just full of chips and you don't know what it does. So even at that young age, you were like, you had an interest in computers and just like... Just taking apart. stuff apart, generally. Interesting. Like, so like, when you were doing your GCSEs and A-levels, like, did you already know you, you were going to do computer science? Uh, no, uh, I didn't. I didn't do computer science. Um, there's a different reason as to why I picked what I did. I guess we'll get to that. Um, okay. So, what was what? What degree did you do? I did electronic and computer systems engineering. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Wait, how come you didn't do uh, computer science instead of? So I, I very like I I sort of did like I was looking between computer science, um, mechatronics as well. If you know what mechatronics yeah, is. Yeah. Um, Vaguely, actually, can you explain it? Mechatronics, it's to do with mechanical electronics. Okay. I think it's a... So it's like robotics and things like that? Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, I forgot what the term is when you put two words together, but you, that's what it is. It's mechanical electronics. And it covers a, a broad array of designing electronics with like mechanical stuff inside as well. Um, and then it was around the time, actually, that I saw the film Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was released in 2008. It's one of like, my favourite films. And 
um, I was looking to go to university sort of, uh, when was it, like two, like early, early 2010, some, like around that sort of period of time. It was like when it was like starting to be like a, well, you need to start looking at universities now. So um, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, like there was computer science that cropped up, there was um, different sorts of engineering, but I didn't know what sort of engineering, because like, what, what does it all mean? So how, how did you like, come to that conclusion of what, of what you picked? It's going to sound a little bit weird and sort of a little bit um, out there, I guess, and, uh, but really I actually just woke up one morning and just knew. Uh, I, I must have like, had a dream or something like that, like you do a lot of processing in your sleep and sometimes you have to go with your gut feeling and I, I feel like the like the pinnacle thing was um, like seeing that film Iron Man it was like an inspiration I guess oh really yeah um, so from there like I sort of like knew roughly what I wanted to do which is where I started getting like me- mechatronics from and stuff like that and I just remember looking over like some brochures and things and um, like I came up with this idea of electronic engineering and then I remember when I, even when I started at university, I didn't really know what I was doing still. I, I thought I was on a different course. Uh, <laughs> and I was talking to some people and they're like, oh, you should be on that course instead. It turns out I was on that course, but I didn't, I didn't realise it. Wait, what, what do you mean by that? There's um, electronic and electrical engineering. Okay. And in the same school, there was electronic and uh, computer systems engineering, which is what I did, which is what I originally signed up for, because when I read the spec, it's what resonated with me the most yeah but when you when you say the spec can you uh, clarify what exactly what that is like when you go on the the web page for them they tell you oh, what, I see, what's yeah. in the course yeah, yeah. so the the, co- uh, the course requirements course information yeah yeah so you, yeah you just went into the website of the university and just yeah and yeah. That, that was the one that was like that that resonates with me the most so i i see i see yeah pick that one and it was just interesting because even even then, like I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just going by like, oh yeah, it seems like a good idea. Like let's go along so with it. This is like in first year, or this is before you chose the. This is like during freshers' week, like right at the start yeah, of uni. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. I'm just chatting to people, and they were like, oh, it sounds like you should be doing that course, and I was actually doing that course, but I didn't realize. <laughs> and I think this is like a general theme in my life, though, of like I've never really known where I'm going, but you sort of just know like instinctually where you should be heading, and it, it doesn't really matter about specifically where you go i don't think it does anyway it's more just um you know roughly where you're meant to be heading and you might not head in a straight line to where you're going but you'll get somewhere eventually and you'll you'll sort of make the right decisions based on how you feel at the time and sometimes that's what you need is to just be figure out what you need at the time rather than to have some grand master plan that you you just like implement yeah Yeah. that's that's really that's a really interesting point of view actually that's a really interesting point of view. Because you're, you're sort of like, at that, that sort of age, you're quite young and you don't you have understand. no experience, yeah. You, you, there's like so many unknown unknowns. Yeah. And so e- like, even like after I left university and I got a job, like I, I went into that job and I was just extremely overwhelmed by learning new stuff. Like I'd just done like a, a master's degree in, in engineering and when I went into industry, I even did a placement year as well. So can you like briefly describe like the, the industry? Or like the job, um, so it was like a software engineering job. Yeah, so I I did it. I took a software engineering job, um, and it, it was it was completely different to the degree that I did. So yeah, because you did electrical engineering and uh, yeah, and there was there was software in it, but there wasn't software engineering. There yeah. wasn't designing software. So, so did you learn coding in in your degree? Partly, yeah. Um, I actually because because of my interest in computers before I learned about it myself. 
before I went. Okay, so what what did you learn? Um, in uni, there was just like a few modules on different like learning about basics of them, and I actually found out afterwards they were extremely outdated. Um, like the the lecturers who taught them were stuck in the past, I would say. Interesting. Um, that's really that's interesting. I think it taught a lot of the basics, which help you understand things in the future, but you certainly shouldn't expect that because you've done a degree, you know anything about a subject that's actually applicable. Um, it's, it's sort of like, a, imagine like you're trying to make a cake and you can read all the books you like about making cakes, except until you actually go and do it, you don't have a clue on how to do it. Mm. So like the, the learning curve between going and actually doing a job and having to think for yourself rather than here's some coursework and that we've provided you with all the information you need to know about how to how to do the coursework like the the it changes to here's something that someone wants they don't know how if they actually really want it and uh, they they don't know how to describe to you what they want um like go go and make it and that 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 might change as well whilst you're making it oh wow <laughs> um, so it's 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 completely like absurd and then you have to also deal on top of that with all of the uh, business requirements so you need to understand things about how you don't have time to do things or you don't have the money to do things there's trade-off between those like what what does the business actually need and as an engineer you just want to make cool stuff right yeah you you don't really care about the, the business um, business side of it unless of course you are that way inclined but you you're, you you turn up to work every day to make cool stuff but there's someone else being like we need to make this and you don't understand why they're telling you that because you just want to make cool stuff you want to do it to the best of your ability because like you enjoy what you do as a, a job but that isn't how the real world works you have to um i think one of the terms that I, I heard was like you don't gold plate your your product that you're making like you do what's good enough and that's all that's required of you like it's, it's good enough after that there's no point adding more because the customer doesn't get anything anything more out of that um although you may understand you may have like an appreciation for it where no one else gets to see it because the general person doesn't have an appreciation for that sort of stuff. I see that, yeah. Like, uh, so it's, it's kind of like what, like, like art, where a lot of people they don't see what's really beautiful about it. They just see, you know, a painting. Yeah. But yeah. then there's some people that can look at a piece of art for like an hour and or two hours just at one painting. Yeah. But I'm like, what the hell are you looking at that picture for for that long? Yeah. So it's kind of similar to that. My perspective on it is, is like, um, when you drive a car, you don't care about how your car works, generally, uh, unless of course you're into cars, but a lot of people aren't into cars, but they, they can drive a car and they can make it work. Yeah. But if you ask them to go and like change the oil, they won't know what to do. Um, but they, they don't need to care about that because see, yeah. they just want to get from A to B. That's their, that's their purpose in using the product. Okay. So, but I'm, I'm sure there's someone who's like... Like design, like the design, like the, the drive chain or whatever, for for the car, or like there's, in fact, this does happen. Like tires, for example, have been extremely engineered to be more efficient, like more grippy, better in wet conditions, better when when they're going around corners so they don't deform and stuff like that. So how come? How come? Um, you went to the software side of things, even though you, you know, when you were younger, you said you you want you like taking things apart, and you did do like electrical engineering, uh, base degree. How come you went to the software side of it? Uh, so I actually did a placement as a hardware intern. 
um, as well. Oh, okay. So um, I do have experience with, with hardware. And um, I guess there was some hardware-based stuff on my degree. I think one of the most annoying things about hardware versus software is the feedback cycle is extremely long. So when you write some software and, and it, it, you want to test it, you can test it in a lot of minutes. Um, whereas when you do some hardware, it's a lot of simulations and then you get you get the product in and then you find out that the the like humidity of the room that you're in was slightly off or there was um, someone walked past or something like that and like it stops your thing working and you have to go and like debug that and to me that isn't very interesting um like or that there might be some like some some external noise that causes a signal not to work properly yeah Uh, and the feedback loop is quite quite crazy in terms of um there's more variables that you need to consider to me yeah but it's it's just because of the way my, my brain works i guess i mean I say that, but there's still like a whole host of other problems you get with the software. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, Do you want to go into that? Uh, I'm just like, wonder if I can think of any off the top of my head. Um, I think it depends on the the level that you're working with with, with your software. Um, there's much higher levels that's abstracted so far away from hardware that you you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. So, for example, um, if you compare Python with with a lower level language like C++ and if you want to go even lower than that like uh, assembly language then like Python you don't have to worry about managing memory or really clean up after yourself or anything like that um, whereas like when you're down in like well I, I guess C because C++ has got a lot of stuff on top of it now but if, you, if you're down in like sort of C you have to worry about memory leaks and, and that sort of Can you briefly problem. describe what these things are? Uh, a memory leak is when you don't clean up after yourself, so you you create a bunch of stuff, because uh, obviously um, memory, like random access memory in a computer is limited. You only have the finite amount of it, and if you just keep creating stuff and never clean up after yourself, then you run out of space. And it, it, if it's part of, it depends on where it's declared as well. There's, there's um, concepts of the heap and the stack. Um, so it's, if, if they're just declared in this bit of memory that is never cleaned up, it, it just gets hogged basically by your application which can lead to problems, but um, higher level languages have garbage collectors. So Java has one of those, Python has one as well, where they, they don't let you, or they clean up after you. They realize when, when things aren't being used anymore and they, they clean up. Um, I guess you have other problems as well, like multi-processing or multi-threading, multi-threaded applications where you're trying to send information between two, two threads or two processes, or you're trying to access the same resource at the same time by two different things. So imagine um, you've got two people trying to do a job, um, but they both like they're trying to clean a room, but they they both need to use the broom yeah. to like sweep the floor. Yeah. And um, one person's using the broom, but the other person needs to use it at the same time. And you you can't have those situations in computers because who's you can only have like one person being in control of something. Yeah. Um, when a resource is trying to be accessed, so. A common thing like this is, uh, say you're trying to write to a log file, and uh, one process has got the file open, but then another another process is trying to open the file, but it can't because it's already opened by someone else. Um, and if you were to open it in two places at, at the same time when you try and write to it, like 
who's writing first and stuff like that. So there's ways around this with semaphores and mutexes, they call them. So if what do you what advice can you give to a GCSE or a level students um, who's pursue who wants to pursue either computer science or electrical engineering, um, or they're not sure what to do, but they kind of like computers and how they work and they kind of like coding or like what general do you have any general pieces of advice or insights that you have accrued over the years? Uh, okay, so I think the. I think the the crux of this is um, generally do something something in the rough direction of what you want to do, okay. but not necessarily... It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like, I want this job afterwards or I want to do this afterwards, so therefore I must do this degree. You, um, you're you going to be doing this thing for like three to five years of your life or whatever. Like pick something you're going to enjoy that's in the rough area that you want to head in. Um, after that, you can... After that, you can either retrain yourself to be to do the thing that you want to do, or you can learn it yourself, or you can generally like when you work at a company, a good company will give you opportunities to do the thing they want you to do, but also do something that you want to do. So, um, I've I've found that I've I've had three three jobs. Um, I found that at the first company it was a little bit less free but I I found that if I voiced my opinion on what I wanted to do I was given the opportunity to head in that direction. So can you give me an example? So I was employed as a hardware engineer. Um, I made it very clear that I, I preferred software. I managed to get myself doing software stuff as a hardware engineer anyway um, with testing, essentially automated testing. Um, and then in order for them to entice me to potentially stay or come back, it was suggested even before I, I left, because that was an internship, even before I left that I could start doing things more towards software. So that was one, one place where they were like, this this guy's a good good engineer, um, let's give him what he wants. What, what made you, uh, why were you a good engineer? What stood out for you? As opposed to maybe other interns, if they were present? It's not, um, I think it's a mixture between technical know-how, so rather than, it depends on what job you have, rather than just, um, I've got this degree with like this grade or whatever from this university, it's when they interview you, when they have a conversation, do you actually know what you're talking about? Um, can you hold a conversation about it really? Like, Can you talk around the subject? And then, so that that's like technical know-how and knowing how to do things. The next part is, um, when you've got a problem, and this isn't necessarily a, an engineering problem, it's like a people problem. It's uh, how do you get the thing you're trying to achieve done is, is where the, the, the real part of it is because at the end, end of the day, businesses don't run on hopes and dreams, they run on output mm-hmm. and money. So, so okay. if... Let's make that more concrete. So what exactly did they see in you? Uh, so when I was writing my CV actually I used these, these terms um, tenacity 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 is is one of my like key skills I would say what was the I, I don't know the definition of that what is it I've heard let, of it before, let me just but... double check <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh, tenacity or being tenacious is the act of being firm or um, persevering 
or being okay. persistent. Persistent, okay. So that's not... Um, not giving up, okay. I'd say it goes a bit further than that because you can not give up because like, you're just going about your daily stuff and everything's fine. But I would say being tenacious is more in the face of adversity, like you continue doing what you're meant to be doing. Okay. Like, because nothing in, in life is, is easy, right? Um, there's always some level of hardness to it. Uh, you can even go, as, this is getting quite philosophical now, I guess, but that's fine. You go quite as far as to say that life is meant to be hard. Yeah. And it's through the struggle that you find enjoyment, I guess, or yeah. fulfillment. So when someone tells you no, like you find a way to make it a yes. Um, so, so, so you think that they f- uh, find that through in you when you work there? Yeah, because when like, I was put in charge of a project as an intern. Really? Yeah. Um, we won't comment on the company. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I was put in charge of a project. It was like 10, 10 million pounds or whatever or something like that. Um, and I was just an intern. But there was... How, the how, how did you manage that? Uh, sweet talking and... Um, I guess just being good. Like, I, I think uh, uh, one of the other key skills as well is just being confident. So when someone asks your opinion, you tell them what it is. Well, you were you were the head of that. Yeah, like it was very small. It was a very small project in terms of the number of people on the project. But okay. um, I was put in charge of it. It was very much I was the one who knew the most about it. And what was it? Other employees. They they tried giving me like another employee, but it kind of slowed me down. So I asked for him to be taken off the project. Is what happened, and then he was. Um, because I was just better off working by myself on it. So, yeah. Um, but it's, it's so, and you were an intern of the, at that point. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to comment on the company. Okay, uh, yeah, no worries. Like I, I don't think it was the right thing to do, but at the same time, why shouldn't I have done it? Because when do you become qualified to do something? <laughs> like, you, you have to do it before you. Fair play. You must be some engineer. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um. Usually these things like... So you said confident, right? Tell me more. Like, what did you do? In terms of like, can you give me examples? Um, generally, people... Like, if you say something, you, you don't have to be obnoxious about it. You don't have to be like, I'm right and this is why I'm right. What you do is you may state your opinion and then, or maybe ask questions as to why, why something is how it is. And... Uh, you you don't have to always know everything, but what you do have to do is have conviction in what you do. I would say. So when you're making a choice, you aren't um, you aren't stuck between not not knowing how to lead something. Basically, this comes down to leadership skills, like because you're the one leading the project forward in in this situation. Um, you aren't being told what to do. You're being told to make decisions on what to do. So you, this is this is something I want to get into. So you got fired from one of your jobs, didn't you? Um, uh, I think the the term is um, he went on to better to to greater things or something to pursue other other opportunities. Other opportunities. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Do you want to like talk more about that? Some of the lessons you learned, or maybe why you got fired, or because you didn't like it, wasn't it? Oh no no! I I actually started to grow on me quite a bit. Um, at, at the start, like it was a very steep learning curve. I, I went from uh, something that I was like comfortable in. I remember during my like for my my interview for my internship, for example, uh, it was like an assessment centre. But during like the technical interview, 
um, there was I answered every single question like perfectly apart from like one and even then like the answer that I gave was like a reasonable answer it just wasn't what he was expecting and then he like explained a bit more about it but um, so I went from like being like that level of like technical knowledge where like no matter what they gave me like I could do it granted like it was only at like an internship level or whatever um, to starting like a new project and like like the, the things that I had to do I just like I was just, everything was new to me yeah in your job yeah, yeah like, that's like a common thing right yeah but it's because I, I switched like role completely to like something completely new um uh yeah so like every, everything was everything was new so it was quite a hard learning curve and then also I was going through some like internal conflict with myself as well um that sounds quite quite uh what's the term sinister i guess it sounds quite yeah. sinister but like really I, I was just trying to figure out what i wanted to do with my life still um, yeah, and what what age were you yeah. this age i think i was like what was it like 24 i think yeah um because like some people different people have that at different times right yeah. And maybe you'll have that, you know, more than once in your life. Because I know, you know, you hear about the midlife crisis. I guess, like, you have that before university. You, I mean, I kind of have that after university. I'm like, what the hell am I going to do, you know? Mm-hmm. So, anyway, cool. But you sort of, like, I was sort of, like, wondering, like, is this where I'm going to be heading with my life? Like, are these people the people I want to surround myself with? Um, like, the whole, like, millennial thing of... Um, like why, why am I working for someone else when I could be like working for myself like um, being a digital nomad or whatever they want to call themselves nowadays uh, like all of that sort of stuff like and that there's like some inner conflict between between it um, between what you're actually doing and what you what you kind of want to be doing um, like the the environment that I was in wasn't really uh, like I, I enjoy like making stuff but um like it just it wasn't quite right especially like with the the things that I was thinking in terms of that so you there comes a time where you have to convince yourself that you have to align those two things if not you're you're not you're not happy in your in your job or your life or anything like that so you either have to like like something has to give or otherwise you aren't going to be you just won't be happy doing it because there'll be be struggle inside. Um, and in the end, I started to like align my beliefs differently to something else, where I started to like manage them a little bit better, I guess. Um, and towards the end, like I was enjoying it a lot more. And I think that was also to do with the fact that I also got a lot better at my job. Like it was no longer coming in to work every day and just thinking like I've got no idea what I'm doing. It was like um, I remember like. Uh, there was one particular demonstration that was happening and um, I'd like worked on it briefly and then I um, like some some people didn't come into work and I ended up giving this demonstration just because like I had a, enough rough knowledge of the situation to, to do it and that was like another thing with confidence is that um, I didn't have to say that I could do it but I sort of saw for the team that it was probably worthwhile that we should do it because we were representing the company in this, this situation to our client and um, I was just like well I guess I could do it so why don't I go and do it um, 
and it was having the confidence to just be like well with a couple of tries I could probably like figure out how to do this again and demonstrate in a way that the the client wouldn't even know that I didn't know how to do this 10 minutes ago <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and like it, it was good for the team good for the company and the client didn't know any different um, alright so let's take a another turn if you were going to give advice to a student who might be looking to do electronic engineering or computer science what would your advice be from your experience? I'd say just make sure make sure that you enjoy it when you do it um, because a lot of the time it doesn't work and there's a good chance that you don't know why it doesn't work. Um, what doesn't work? Whatever you're trying to make, like something will go wrong with it and it will just be extremely annoying. Um, continuously, like when, when people ask me, oh, how's like your networks been? Like my response is usually, it doesn't work. Um, and then you'll find that it's just how people work in general, really like they, they don't really focus on the positive things that happen, they focus on the negatives quite a bit. Which isn't is is a like a different topic, but um, a lot of the time I spend my my time like with the things that that they they take up most of my time the things that don't work because when it's all working fine, you don't pay attention to it. Yeah, because it's just going like, but very quickly I'll get to something else that doesn't work again. Yeah, and um, that's if if you don't enjoy what you're doing, then those times become extremely hard. Um, but this this all leads back into confidence again because you know from all the other things that you've solved in the past that you'll be able to solve this thing that you're up against at the moment. So um, that sort of just drives you forward as well. But if, if you don't enjoy it, you won't enjoy the the process of going. Like you need to learn to enjoy the process of what you're doing. And without that, like you won't last very long in, in what you're trying to do. So yeah. this comes back down to what I said before about picking a degree that you actually want to do, not one that you think will get you to the place that you want to be. What would you say your main strengths and main, your main weaknesses are that maybe you're working on? Uh, one of my weaknesses is that I, I'm i very much a person who can work by themselves. And one of the things I'm trying to do about that is to work better on a team. Um, yeah. So this is... It's, it's kind of good because the project I'm on at the moment is um, I kind of have a lot of free reign over what I do so I, I decide like as long as I make like reasonable judgments in terms of what should be done I can sort of just get on and, and do what I want but sometimes what I want to do isn't isn't uh, business aware I would say interesting um, okay. but at the same time like it's business aware in a much wider overview than our current situation that we're in um, and I kind of just get on and do what I want to do rather than asking and I kind of know that I, I do this as well which is the first step of uh, admitting you have a problem is um, yeah, acceptance yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I do it and I, I haven't really been penalised for it so why do you do it? Um, because it comes back to what you were saying before about being creative and stuff and because I just enjoy what I do I just kind of, kind of want to figure things out so 
I were like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Let's go and do that. Uh, and and what the company has the problem with it because it it doesn't add value. It, it does add value. It's just that um, our immediate goals, our more urgent goal, goals, oh, don't see. necessarily require it. I see, I see. But also, it, like, so getting the minimum product out there first? Uh, yeah, except... Um, minimum functionality out there? Some would argue that if you're going to deliver a product, it needs to be of good quality. Yeah. If it's representing... Your um, company? And that's sort of where, like... Um, the tech lead and I agree but also disagree because he sees it from I need to deliver this project whereas I'm like I need to deliver a good product I see um, that, that's that's okay that's interesting but it's kind of like a, a struggle between the two of us in that I'm trying to enforce some stuff that's going to be good for longevity and he's like let's just get it out so between us we come up with something that's quite good um, because I sort of like push for the product to be better yeah yeah Okay, but he 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 needs he has deadlines and he needs to be he needs it done. Yeah, so we reach a happy medium in between. Hopefully, this is this this episode's given you a bit more insight into the work life of things. Really, how different it is, how different it is from university life, and what the problems that a employee that you might you know as an employee that you face is very different to some of the problems that a student. Doing a particular course faces, uh, and yeah, and with that, I bid you adieu.